0-0-0, Sunday night, Shara Bitochom, the seventh shear in Perek Gimel of Shara Bitochom. Shara Bitochom, Perek Gimel, the seventh shear. We're on um, page Kuflam Adalid in the Kapach Chavis um, Halvavos, and we're finishing up the first of the five principles that you need to develop full-fledged bitachon. There's five principles. The first principle is to internalize and to think about and to realize and to spend time thinking about that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has all the things, all of the seven requirements for bitachon to even exist that he talked about in the second parak. So he repeats them in the third parak. And that's the first principle of the five principles to develop Bitochen, is the awareness and realization that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has the seven requirements, we'll call it, for someone to be Boteach in him. The last of these seven, Chavis really goes off on an almost tangent, an angle that he didn't really discuss in the second parak, and that is to realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that everything has a plan, that everything is is planned, although the world seems chaotic, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's Ashkocha Protis, and, and, and there's Ashkocha Protis down to the, to the, I would say the minute, but it means down to the second, when something should happen. And you can't make it come before, you can't make it come afterwards, there's, there's, you can't fight City Hall. The Baruch Hu has a game plan, that's the way it's going to be. And he said that many times we don't realize, it's hard to realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in back of things, because we have a very superficial outlook on cause and effect, because we see Something happens. Let's say, I got fired from my job. I don't have money. So you say, okay, obviously I don't have money because I got fired from my job. But then you say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and there's a whole chain of events to lead to my being fired. It just didn't happen in a vacuum. And at the end of that chain is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And many things had to happen. Maybe it's my attitude and maybe my attitude was formed when I was a child, and I had a certain attitude towards work, and maybe I had a certain attitude towards being bossed around, or maybe I had a certain attitude towards having to come on time, or maybe I'm not at fault at all, and my boss is a tyrant, or maybe he doesn't need me anymore, so I got fired. But that's also a huge chain that led to this point in time when he doesn't need me anymore, because he needed me a month ago, right? So... And on the back of that chain is Hashem. So we have to develop the realization that to just look at the last link of the chain and to say, oh, that's what caused it. The reason there's a war is because the soldiers were kidnapped. It's, it's silly, it's superficial, it's childish. If you just think a little, the says, you'll realize that there's such a chain that led the Territ says, we don't look at all the links as a chain. We look at it as a coincidence. And the only thing that matters is what brought it about. 
So he's saying, but if you develop the realization that Hashem has a master plan for everything that occurs, and everything that happens is planned, and Hashem wanted it to happen this split second, this moment, this moment in your life, and how it affects all your relationships, it has a ripple effect to the people in your family and to your friends, and everything has a ripple effect. So everything's planned. So then the links of the chain are not coincidences. The links of the chain are there, the cheshbon. So you have to develop that realization. And that, and he gives a, I don't know if anybody here, if you learn Kohelis, I, I think it's a, it's a startling chiddush that that's how the Chavis Havadis interprets the Pasuk, the Psukim in Kohelis that lists 28 things, Eis Laledes, Eis Lamus, Eis Lataz, Eis Lakornotua, Eis Chod, Eis Rekod, Eis Lechabek, Eis Lechok Mechabek, Eis Laledes, Eis Lamus, right? There's a whole litany of things. And, you know, I always learn Pshat, and that's the really Pasha Pshat, is it's talking from the perspective of a person, that there's a time and a place for everything. And, but he's learning it's Hashem's perspective. Hashem has plans for the universe and Eislaledas for Eislamus and you know there's a famous line in Fiddle on the Roof. Right? Tevya. Tuvya, Tevya, Tevya. Would it I think it was, his name was different in the book and in the movie or the play. I think in the book he was Tevya or Tuvya. And in the play they changed it to Tevya, I think. Anyway so he says, would it spoil some past eternal plan if I were a wealthy man? I'll spare you singing it. I don't know if you could take that. The shock would be too much. So I'll just say it. Right? So that's the last line in the famous song. Everybody knows the song, If I Were a Rich Man. So it's actually there's a Gemara and Tainus that brings up that very point about an Atana. That he said, I, I can't stand this poverty. I want to be rich. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him, I can make you rich, no problem. But it would spoil some vast eternal plan. In other words, the answer to Tuvia's question is, yes, it would. Would it spoil some vast eternal plan if I was a wealthy man? The answer is, yes, it would. Because Hashem planned everything. And there's a huge jigsaw puzzle, which is our world. We have to believe that, and everything has its place, and there's this huge jigsaw puzzle, and we're one piece of the puzzle, and the Tana was told by Hashem, you're being poor. I mean, he says, I can, I can, I'll be, I'll be machzer the whole world back to Tohu Vavohu, he said. You want to be rich? No problem. But then I have to go back, and the whole world has to implode, and I'll be machzer the whole world back to Tohu Vavohu, and we'll just do it all again, and then you'll be rich in that world. No problem. Do you want that? Should I be mouse of the whole world to Tovavohu? So that was the answer. So, I, you know, that's the, so the answer to Tevye's question is, yes, it would spoil the vast eternal plan, and that's what the Chavis of Ovis is saying. We have to really believe that everything is part of a plan. It's not chaotic. It's not coincidence. It's what we call Ashkoch HaPratis. But, but we only... You know, we say, Ashkocha Pratis, when the Shidduch happens, and you know, when we see it and experience it and feel it, then we buy the Hamodia book, there's no such thing as a coincidence. And it's a good book to read, because, I mean, but the truth is, Chavit wants us to live our lives like that, 
when we stub our foot and when we get sick, Hashem, or when good things happen. This is Hashem. It's not the last link in the chain that did it. It's a long link. I maybe it's a coincidence. The Teretz says it's Hashem planning. When there's a planner planning the result, that means that all the links in the chain are there for a reason, to bring about that last result. So everything's linked. So should we be asking for things? Hashem wants us to ask for things. That's the concept of tefillah. This has nothing to do... It's a, it, it's a valid question, and the answer is that Hashem made a mitzvah of tefillah, which means He wants us to turn to Him and ask for things. Now, you want to know... Can we change things through tefillah? That's a heavy, well, the que- it's a heavy question. It's an even heavier answer. And one day, if we ever get to talking about tefillah, it, it deserves a very, it, it's, it's a difficult question to answer. It deserves an answer, but it's not the time and place for it here. But the concept of tefillah is, an, it's, it's a mitzvah diorisa, according to many Rishonim. Even according to the Rishonim, they say it's, it's a mitzvah of the Rabbanon, but they themselves say the concept is, is certainly a fundamental part of Jewish faith. It might not be a technical mitzvah, but that's just a technicality. The idea that we can turn to Hashem and ask Him for things is embedded in the very creation of the world where we learn that Hashem didn't make it rain, till Adam Arishan was created because he wanted him to ask for rain, to pray for rain. Okay, so that's how the Chavis Halvavis learns. For Omar, the last few lines of the first point. The truth is, if we ever think about it, if, if you want more example, let's talk about just physical. The physical world. Let's talk about the physical world. Say, oh, my aunt's in the hospital. Why? She slipped and broke her foot. Now, if I wanted to write an essay, you know what I would have to explain? I would have to explain, first of all, why a person slips. She slipped on some ice. Why, why, why is ice slippery? Then I would have to write a, f- a book about gravity, that if it's slippery, you fall. And I would have to explain the physics of breaking your foot when you fall, which is not simple, right? And then I would have to explain what a hospital is and what a hospital does <coughs> and how you get to the hospital, right? I could, it's all, there's all links in the chain, in the physical world. You know, say, she, we talk, we say she slipped on ice, she's in the hospital. I could talk for hours. And at the end, you would have to explain gravity. So then I would say to you, you know why she's in the hospital? Because of the gravitational pull <laughs> of the moon. And because when you walk on ice, there's a thin, thin layer that, that because of the friction, melts. So you only have... A, and then they, you, you fall because you don't have traction. It's very complicated why it's ice is slippery. So in the physical world... We talk simplistically, and there's really tens, hundreds, thousands, millions of links in the chain. That and everything is planned, and everything brings about the final result. 
So it's really, really complicated. It's not simple. We're not living in a simple world. We're living in a very complex world. Right? If, 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 if I hear a, a, a sharp noise and for a few moments my heart starts beating faster, you can write a book about that, about how you hear things and how what the brain does to what it hears and how it's connected to the brain and the blood vessels and why it gets constricted and why all of a sudden your heart beats fit. Like, <laughs> there's always tons of stuff going on, right? Okay, so you have to realize that in occurrences, in, in planning, in purpose, all those things exist also. And Hashem is the planner of history. Hashem is the planner of your life. Things happen to you, and they happen. You know, why did this happen to me in, at this point in my life? Right? Let's, let's say I was offered a job in a shul. So it didn't happen ten years ago, and it didn't happen. It, it happened when it happened. Right? So, you know, I'm lucky. I could look back and say, wow, it happened at the perfect time. I had just gotten fired from Asia Torah. <laughs> and I was very vulnerable. So I got sucked into. <laughs> and I was feeling down. And then someone wanted me. So I jumped. <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting into. Okay. So everything happens at a very critical point in time and you believe that and that's part of bitachon it's part of, a major part of bitachon because then you start saying okay Hashem is planning this it's not just happening he quotes a pasuk in Koheles ki shomer ugvohim alehem it's in Perikate. now really it's it's a whole he only I don't know who did this, the Chavis Halvavos or the printer or Rav Kapach, but the, the Posuk is as follows. I'm going to read you the Posuk with Rashi, and then we're going to see what the Chavis Halvavos' point is in bringing this Posuk. And it's very, very relevant. It, it, it opens up a whole new world. You know, the Chavis Halvavos till now has said what I just said up until now. And he just throws out a Posuk, but look at the Posuk and it really opens our eyes to events. The Pesach says, Im Oshek Rosh V'gezel Mishpat V'tzedek Tira B'Medina. Rashi says, if you see a Medina where people, which is unfair, <coughs> there's unfair things going on. People, um, people are getting rich off the backs of other people. People are being treated unfairly. There's Robbery is going on. There's no din. There's no mishpat v'tzedek in the Medina. If you see a Medina where this is going on, Shlomo Amalek says, Altisma ala chayfetz. Don't, don't wonder, like, what is Hashem doing here? Like, like is this Hashem's will? Like, how, like, it should be like Sodom. They should be overturned. How can Hashem let this happen? Uh, that's the pasuk that we have quoted. That last phrase is what we have here. And so the Chavit says, 
there's a lot of links. That, that's how he's understanding it. We, we see the bottom line. But there's a reason why it's happening. And it's all part of, of a plan. It's all it's all links in a chain. There's someone watching over this. That's what Rashi says also. There's someone watching them. The people who are losing things. That's part of a cheshben. They're being punished because of something they would have done. And the people doing things will be punished at a different point in time. There's a gvohimalam. There's, 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 it's not chaotic. It's not just happening. It's not, everything is with a cheshben. Everything happens for a purpose and for a reason. And Hashem is keeping tabs. Hashem has the computer. And, you know, the truth is, I hope we can relate to it a little. In the times of the Chavis Halavis, maybe it was like very hard to even grasp. I really think computers can help us, like, grasp a little that, you know, you can have such a thing. It's like this master computer and all this data is going in and everything clicks. Everything, it could be done. Of course, they, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, <clears throat> it's a silly marshal in, in terms of, but if you think about how a computer would work, like if I would program, uh, you'd realize like the godless Hashem, if you would think about a group of face four people who interact, and you would write a program that every interaction that they have is like has a cheshben and has a reason and it's coming in an exam, and you would write such a program that it would fit. It makes sense that it happened. Either it it makes sense because it leads to another thing and that leads to another thing and it leads to the result that's wanted or it's coming from, or it is the result that's wanted because it's the last link in a chain. So that's what the Pasuk and Kahalas is saying. And the, now, then the Chavis says, don't try to figure it out. Now this, what does he mean? He says, Exactly why this is happening and why that's happening. Ultimately, it's Nistorim Bnei we, we We can't. It's beyond us. Hashem's eternal. <coughs> Hashem is thinking in terms of the world. We think in terms of today, maybe yesterday, maybe a month ago maybe our lifetimes, but like our minds are so small, are so puny, so puny compared to the Rebbe Shalom is like the Chavetz Chaim gives a marshal of someone coming into shul one week, a guest and he sees the God by giving aliyahs to certain people and he says, it doesn't make sense these people you're giving aliyahs to He's not a guy sitting in the back. Again, the hush of people there. Like, he doesn't know what happened last week. He doesn't know what happened the week before. He doesn't know who's having a simcha this week. Maybe there's a bar mitzvah in the shul this week. Maybe everybody got aliyahs as these people turn. He doesn't know. He's just there for one, one Shabbos, and he's already spouting out opinions who should be getting aliyahs. So the person is silly, right? He doesn't know. So that's how we are. We're here for... 70, 80, 90, 100, 110, 120 years, and we're giving opinions how Hashem should run the world. It's silly. 
ultimately we can't know. We could try. That's I, I said this marshal many times already. Yosef, right? So they thought they figured it out. He, when he said, Ani Yosef, and Yosef said, Oh, ki l'michya, shlachani alokim l'fneichem. Hashem sent me l'michya, Hashem sent me. Now we figured out all the crazy things that have been happening for the last 22 years. We now see, ah, it was for that to provide that the Bnei Yisrael shouldn't starve, should, should have sustenance. And, and Hashem sent me l'michya for the world. So that was a great cheshben. But we know that that wasn't even the real cheshben. It was even a bigger cheshben. It was part of the whole going down to Mitzrayim and becoming Am Yisrael. And this is how Hashem planned that they should go down to Mitzrayim rather than having a war and Bnei Yisrael, Yaakov and his children being taken captive and dragged down to Mitzrayim, Rashi explains to Gemara. So Hashem did it both on Muchubad. You know, there was Yosef and Adarabi, he was the king, and the viceroy, and his family came down because they had to, because of the hunger, and he supported them. And so that's, that was the real thing going on. Yosef didn't even know that when he, so sometimes, you know, when you finally figure out something happened, you really don't know why it happened. That's what the is saying. We really ultimately can't know. Now I felt that way by Gushkatif. Just to talk personal again, you know. You say, how can Hashem do this? Like, oh man. Like, it's so evil and it's so horrible and it's going to bring such horrible things in its wake. And all these people are davening and all these people are doing mitzvahs so that it shouldn't happen. And I'm like, well, how can Hashem do it? And then it happens and you say, you know, you know. Well, I, you know, it did happen. Then you start thinking, why? So I, well, you start thinking, well, it had some good, it had some good effects. It, it finally exposed the Medina for what it is, and many of the former, of former, Dati Lumi people who worshipped the Medina as an Avodah it had a tremendous revolutionary effect. They really moved much closer to not worshipping the Medina, per se, but realizing that that's not an ultimate value, there's higher values than the Medina. Look what the Medina did. And it was revolutionary. I mean, it's reverberating to this day that they, that, that, that they, you know, should we say hallow now, Yom Asmur? Shouldn't we say hallow? Should we serve in the army? Shouldn't we serve in the army? How should we feel about the Medina that did this? It created shockwaves that are revolutionary. So, Maybe that's a necessary step for Mashiach coming. I don't know. You know, I don't know. It had it had some quote good effects too. Again, Hashem has a master plan. We don't know why Hashem does things. That's what the Chavis Rabbis is saying. If the world is said and done, after we've internalized, but we can't say it happened because Sharon is strong. You know. <laughs> Say, this Hashem wanted to happen. There was a game plan. As crazy as it sounds, as absurd as it is, Hashem has a master plan that He wanted this to happen. Now, you could just say, oh, he, it's because we're sinners and He wanted to punish us. You know, that works for some people. <laughs> it doesn't work for me because uh, I think the graph of Klal Yisrael, as bad as we are, but the graph is certainly headed in an upward direction. 
you look at the you know the, the graph is headed up, people learning more, giving more tzedaka, more and more people. Right, there's so much kiruv going on, people are becoming more you know, from it. The graphs in an upward direction. So uh, I don't know why Hashem should be mad at us. I mean, maybe he's, you know, we don't know. I don't know. I'm sitting here talking, and I'm violating what the Chavis Lovers is saying that we're learning. He's saying we don't know. Ultimately, Hashem, you know, it, it's mind-boggling what Hashem's doing to the world, and you know, we're just a small piece of what's happening. We have no idea about the, the, the tsunami, right? We don't. We don't know. Well, yeah. And all those people were killed, and like, and everyone had a cheshbon why he was killed. Like, we we can't grasp such things. No. How much time should we devote to examining why things? I don't know. The Chayvus Haldova says ultimately you're not going to reach the answer. So, if you start with that, I would. I'm, now I'm answering you. If you start with the knowledge that I'm really never going to figure this out. I mean, I'm I'm never going to get to the point. There's no Navi. (coughs) So no Navi is going to appear here and tell us, okay, fellas, this is why this happened. Uh, So we're never ultimately going to know. So what we're taught in in, in Svarim is to say, okay, I, I, I can't know why, but what can I learn from this? What does it mean to me? And what can I learn from it? And I'll just have my own personal lesson from it, and you know, and 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 that's what it'll mean to me. But that's really the only answer. If if a person is, that's like each individual person. Let's say let's talk about Gush Katif again. Why did I, I felt I had to come up with a, a, a an answer that I can answer people? I'm the Rav and the Shul. I was. I was very emphatic that we have to do everything we can to not let it happen. So people are coming to me like, so how could it happen? So I, I said it's speculation. I can only guess. I can't know. But I can speculate. But, but that's because like I'm talking to a Tzibur. But each individual can only take events and see how they're affected by it and then see. So, so, you know, so, so, so what does it mean to me? Also, an important thing to know even in terms of Claudius Yisrael so this my father-in-law writes, wrote a book about the Holocaust and uh, he writes in the introduction that there's two words in Hebrew for why say why did something happen there's Lama and Madua, two words. So he says they're very different questions. Madua is why. So he says we, we don't know why. Uh, Madua. Lama though really means Lama for what purpose? What was accomplished? We don't know why Hashem did it, but what what was accomplished by this happening? There was some purpose. So you know. And, and this is really a chasan sofer that interprets a pasuk in Chumash where Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu v'ra'isos achol roi u'panai lo yei ra'u that's the pasuk in Shmos 
and the Chassam Sofer interprets it, it's talking about history, that after events happen, we could see the effect that it had, and we can try to interpret like what happened here. What, what effect, what, what is the ripple effect? What happened because of the Holocaust, let's say? He says, well, so he writes a book. The reality is that probably so was in a tremendous downward spiral with Haskalah and reform and Zionism, the secular Zionism. Masses of people were becoming not from. The youth were abandoning religious Judaism in, in droves. It was a terrible, terrible downward spiral. And ever since the Holocaust, if you would make a graph, the graph's back on the way up. So is that why the Holocaust happened? We don't know why it happened. But we could look and say, this is a perp- this is something that was accomplished by it. Or Eretz Israel was created in the aftermath of the Holocaust. Is that why it happened? We don't know. We can't answer the Madua question. So, we're, but we, when we ask why, we look at the Lama question, which is like saying Lama for what purpose? What was accomplished? What do I see was accomplished? So that's an important principle to keep in mind also. That whenever we can never answer the Madua question, we could try to, you know, hook up to to the Lama question, which means for what purpose? What, what was accomplished? Okay. So, but it's a, I, I don't I didn't really answer your question. How much time should a person? It, it, it's hard. The Chavis Halvavis tells you that ultimately we can't figure it out. So that's a you know that's either a depressing thought or a comforting thought. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like Yediyah and Bechira. I would compare it to right the, the eternal question of Hashem knows all and Hashem is Lamalam and Azman. So can it really be said that we have Bechira? Because Hashem already knows what we're going to do. So there's like a lot of answers, and some of them are cute, and some of them are not so cute. Ultimately, the Rambam says, we cannot fathom the answer to the question. Because Hashem's knowledge of things is so different than our knowledge. Our knowledge is, once something exists, and once something happened, so we know it. So we always think of the word knowledge in terms of something happened already, or something is for sure going to happen. But Hashem's knowledge is of a different sort completely, of a sort that our human minds can't fathom. Hashem is all. He knows all because He is all. And everything is incorporated, I'm I'm just saying words now, please don't be clear to me that I know what I'm talking about. He only... He encompasses everything, so he knows all because he is all, and all of existence is just a part of Hashem's reality. And the Rambam says we can't fathom such a knowledge, so ultimately we can't really get to the bottom of how there could be yadia and bechira. We can't ultimately understand it because we can't ultimately grasp what Hashem's knowledge means. So we could say Tebrutzim, and we could try to understand it in our own human way, but you should know, you're never really going to, you're never really going to 
get the answer. It's like the square root of, right, the real the, the real value of pi, right, I think. Right? You're never really going to get to the end. Or the square root of two, something like that. Or the, both of them. You're never really going to get to the end. <laughs> what? Pi squared is infinite. Yeah, right. So you're never really going to get to the answer. Nothing's infinite but Hashem, right? Nothing's infinite but Hashem. So there is a... So I, I would compare it to the DM here and what the Chavashavot is saying. Just like you're never going to really ultimately understand your DM Bechira, you're never really going to be able to understand why things are happening. It's just beyond our grasp. Okay. So, and that's the Pshat in this Pasuk. You may recognize this Pasuk. It's from the Haf... Well, I don't know. I guess I'm thinking like a man. I apologize. It's from the Haftorah that we read on the Tainus Sibur. So I'm familiar with the Pasuk, but I guess you're not in Shul, so you don't know it. We read this by Minchen in Tainus Sibur. It's from Yeshaya Novi, Dir Shu Hashem Behimotso. You may recognize the first Pasuk. Maybe? No? Okay, sorry. Dir Shu Hashem Behimotso. That's what you read on the Tainus, like Tzom Gedalia and Shavasa Batamuz, and even Tishabov and Titus Esther, <coughs> and Asar Batavi. So by Mincha, you lay in the Torah and you read a Haftarah. And the Haftarah is from Yeshaya Novi, Dir Shuashem Bimotso, Karubi, Oso Karov. And this is a posuk in that Haftarah, Ki Gobu Shemayim just as the heavens are, it doesn't mean the heavens, it means the cosmos. Just as the cosmos are beyond the Oretz, like that's how removed from it it is. Like that's my path, the way I do things, and what I'm taking into account, and what Hashem considers important and not important, and what He considers an Avera, and what He can, you know. We don't know. It's like, you know, we learn... Uh, you learn Gemara, you learn Chazal. I'll tell you a story from Nach. Well, we're, we're in Nach Shabbos morning. So Dovan Amelech is uh, yeah, like one small, like one small example. Like out of Dovan Amelech is is in a cave, and Shaul comes into the cave, and right, and Shaul and Dov is miraculously saved, and that Shaul doesn't notice him, and. Since he doesn't notice him, now David Melech could kill Shaul. And Shaul's chasing David, trying chasing him to kill him. Because he thinks David is a usurper to the throne, and he wants to overthrow him, and he thinks David's a danger to Klal Yisrael. And Shmuel ain't talking, for some reason. I'm not sure why. Shmuel doesn't just go over to the bima and give a patch and say, I can explain everything. So Shaul thinks David is, is, a, is a rebel, is Mori the Malchus, and he's looking to kill him. And David's running away, and here he has Shaul in his clutches. And, and Shaul's unsuspecting, and he's he's in the cave. So And David says, I'm, I'm not going to touch him. I'm not going to touch him. Because, even though I'm allowed to, the Gemara says, because if someone's coming to kill you, you're allowed to kill him first. So I'm within my rights to kill him. But Shaul, he's a tzaddik, he's a good guy, he's the Melech Yisrael, he was anointed to be the Melech, I, I'm not, I, it's not, I don't have it in me. 
So he creeps up and he cuts off a piece of his baguette and he wants to show Shoal what he could have done to him. And then when Shoal leaves the cave, David calls to him and says, Look, look, you see, look, look what I did. I cut off, look what I, I could have done this to your throat, you know? And I didn't. And why are you chasing me for? Look, look what I could have done to you. And you see, I have no designs of the Malucha. And you see, I never did anything. And it was all Lush and horror. And, I, you know, I, look what I... Yeah. So, David was punished for cutting off the bag. He shouldn't have done it. He would, it, it was later on in life, it says when David was cold, when he got old... Right, so you have to go into a nursing home, right? It's always on 85 to 90 degrees, right? Old people have, they have body heat, right? They're always cold, usually, and they're always cold. That's why nursing homes are very hot. So David Amalek was old, and it says, and they covered him with clothing, and it, it wouldn't keep him warm. Right? He couldn't maintain enough body heat to stay warm. And the Gemara says that was a punishment because he he showed disrespect for Shaul's baguette, and he, he cut it off. Like well, you know, he, he so like, who in a million years would think that we don't know how Hashem Hashem has his way of looking at things. Hashem judges people by a very Sadiqim by a very high standard. He judges everybody by the standard they should have. Sometimes he judges us in terms of subtleties. Right? You could have a person doing the biggest avera, you know, but he pulls back from doing it in the worst possible way, and Hashem is very pleased with him. And you could do someone doing a mitzvah, and he's doing it l'shem kavod, and Hashem is very displeased with him. We don't know. And then two generations later, Hashem punishes this one because... The grandson of this one and uh, Elia Cohen, uh, <coughs> right? Elia Cohen's children, grandchildren, great grandchildren were all wiped out, right? We don't know. We don't because of Eli, because of the, what the sons of Eli did. So we have to apply this possible. We don't know why Hashem does things. Hashem has His own book, uh, His own cheshbonos. But it's important, and really getting back to your question, if someone would think, let me ask you a question a little differently. I'm in Linowitz. Since we ultimately could under, can't understand it, is there any value to trying to figure it out? So I guess I would give the same answer, that there's a value because it's, it's a message for everyone. You know, it's, that's also part of what the Chavisal says. Hashem, everything we become aware of, everything we experience, also we're experiencing for a reason. We're supposed to be affected by it. Maybe it's supposed to spur us to do tshuva. Maybe it's supposed to spur us to think about life. Maybe we've been complacent about things. So why it happened to that person, that's a whole set of cheshbonos in itself. But why did I see it? And why did I experience what happened to that person? That's because I was meant to at this point in time. So the Chavzalvovus spends many, many, many lines describing how it's linked and it's a chain. 
And then at the end he says, by the way, you're never really going to understand it. But he must have wanted us to contemplate that I, that, that it's a game plan. I mean, and, and I guess no no thinking person could do what the Chayyus Aldovus wants us to do, which is to think about that it's the culmination of a long series of of links in a chain that Hashem is orchestrating to happen at a specific point in time, without like the next logical step of so so why like what's why did it happen at this point in my life? So I guess it's inconceivable to me that the Chavis Halavos means in the last two lines that we should throw up our hands and just say, well, we can't understand what Hashem does. Because then why did he spend so much time telling us to internalize and to realize that Hashem has a plan and everything is planned, and it happened at this moment, not a minute before, and not a minute afterwards, and you can, and it's a whole series of links and a huge chain, and everything's becheshbin, and Hashem is orchestrating everything. Like, how can you tell a person that, and then a line later say, but I don't really want you to think about it, because you can't. So he must mean, like I said about Yudhiyam Bechira. Like the Rambam says, there's this major philosophical question, and Many people have tried to give an answer, and let me suggest an answer, the Rambam says. But ultimately, we can't know the answer. So the Raivin asks, you know, if we ultimately can't know the answer, why didn't the Rambam just leave well enough alone and not confuse us with an answer that we really don't understand fully? Okay, so good Shaila. But the Rambam did it, and Chavis is doing it. He spent many, many lines, and we spent two weeks on this huge paragraph about the links in the chain. And then at the end, he says, but you really can't understand it. So he must mean only to temper, because you know, it's dangerous. If you think you could understand it, and you don't like the answer, who knows what can happen to you. You could get angry at Hashem, right? You say, that's not a good enough reason. (laughs) Not a good enough reason. For that, so many people had to suffer. For that, Sadiqin had to die. For that, so many babies were killed. Huh? Uh, so, you have to start off, either start off or end off. That's what the Chavis wants from us. He wants us to think and to lama, lama, and what does it mean to me, and how does it affect me, and what did it do to me? I mean, I was born because my father was chased out of Europe. <laughs> my mother was in America from earlier. But my father was chased out of Europe. So does that mean the Holocaust happened so that I should be born? Right? But the Chavit HaVavis wants me to realize that Hashem planned that part also and where my father should go live and how he should meet a neighbor who knew him and knew my mother and introduce them. Yeah, yeah. Sure, that was orchestrated by Hashem. Everything is. Okay, we'll stop here.